you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back as always to yet another Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Um, we're not stopping this just because it's the off-season. We're you know, the Super Bowl is over, time's getting quiet around the National Football League, bits and pieces of news filtering out as the week goes on, but not a lot happening, but we're going to be keeping you, getting your NFL fix uh, a few times a week here, we usually do two during the season a week, and we were going to cut down to one pair of the off-season, but what we decided to do instead, we're doing a, a recap series, going through as many teams around the National Football League as we can prior to the draft, we had the Packers on in the last show, recap their season, looked ahead to free agency in the draft, and we're going to be doing that with as many teams as we can prior to the NFL draft coming up here now in a few months and then obviously the combine's coming up later this week so lots of stuff going on so once that goes on now we'll get you know people know the figures the times that people are getting we'll start to be more draft talk and so on and so forth we'll have people on to talk then about the NFL draft coming up to to that occasion but so this here show we're going to go and it's the New York Jets are going to be taking center stage in this one we talked to Mark Teese from the Zone Coverage Football Show he uh, is a big New York Jets fan and we also uh talk to them about the things like free agency draft and looking back at last season it was a tough season for the Jets but we're going to get him on the show now to, to look through that and then I'll be back after to to run through some of the bits and pieces of news that has come out in the last week so let's get uh, straight into that interview with Mark Teese right now. Hi this is former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker the host of the Ross Tucker football podcast and you are listening to the Overtime Island podcast. So, as we continue our uh, little, you know, season recaps here on Overtime Ireland, we're going to be doing a Jets recap today, and, you know, hasn't been a lot of positive stuff maybe for the Jets the last couple of years, but we're going to try and keep it a little bit positive if we can throughout it here. We're going to be joined by the host of the Zone Coverage Football Show, and uh, it's a, a weekly phone-in, obviously. A lot of our listeners will know it, a weekly phone-in show in the UK. The presenter of that is Mark Tish, and I'm uh, delighted to be joined by Mark now. And uh, Mark's recovering from a little surgery recently, so hopefully all's going well, uh, Mark, and hopefully you're excited to talk a bit about the New York Jets. Yeah, it's rare that I am actually, for once in my life, excited to talk about Jets football. I've sort of shut myself off for a while, sort of just sit back and sort of ignore the nonsense. So, yeah, I'm ready for it. Um, I can offer a bit of insight. You did refer to me in dream, ACL surgery (laughs) myself, but... We won't go into the embarrassing story of how I did that on the practice field, unless we have to. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to leave it open there for a moment, but I will, we'll spare you the embarrassment then if there is, and uh, we'll move on into the New York Jets, which maybe will cause you further embarrassment, but talking about the, the Jets, obviously, we have. Uh, I just want a few questions to start off. I want you to rank the season, if you have to go from 1 to 10, what ranking would you give the 2014-15 season Sorry for the New York Jets? Um, are we going with one the worst? Ooh. You're, I thought you were going to ask, could you give it a zero? But one, I was uh, going to give it a point five in fairness. <laughs> the, uh, the Jets, obviously, it was a difficult season for them, finishing with a 4-12 and record, presents them with the, the sixth overall pick in this year's draft. But, you know, you mentioned they're obviously disappointing season, very, very disappointing in your eyes. And uh, this could be a hard question to answer. Uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers got the MVP for the entire NFL Going breaking it down to just the New York Jets, who would you give the MVP if you could give one out? Oh, for me, it's easy. Sheldon Richardson. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. One of the few shining lights um, throughout the season. He plays with his um, heart on the sleeve. You'll, I don't know if you remember it, but the game we lost to the, um, I think it was the Vikings, uh, screen pass out. Um, caught everyone off by surprise. I think he went for about 90-odd yards. The guy chasing him down was Sheldon Richardson, the defensive tackle. Yeah. Running 90 yards, obviously hasn't got the legs to do it, but that for me is one of those highlights 
for, it's a sad highlight, but it just shows the passion and how much he, he loves playing for the Jets. And for me, Sheldon Richardson, about a shadow of a doubt. And if I was given like a runner-up prize, he's always Mr. Consistent as uh, wide receiver Jeremy Curley as well. I thought he had, a, he had another solid, solid year. Yeah, he's a, he's a wide receiver that I, the word I would use for him is solid. Rather, he's not obviously a spectacular wide receiver. He's never talked about at the top of you know them wide receiver uh, orders and all and so on and so forth. But he, he is a player that when you're looking at the New York Jets, obviously a very decker. But then you have him, and he's always solid. You mentioned there Sheldon Richardson. I think the player you're actually talking about was in overtime. Was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah that was against the the Vikings yeah. because. Uh, I, I don't back the New York Jets too often in my uh, football betting, but uh, I took the New York Jets that week, and uh, unfortunately, uh, that their play, they got it to, I thought Geno Smith done a good job in that game getting it to overtime, they got a field goal very late on, and then obviously they lost in overtime, but I, I know the play you're on about, and he is, he, you know, out, out of that their team on the defensive line, he has to be the, you know, the shining light if you're looking for where you could build that defense around at the moment. We're going to, obviously, you're given that MVP you mentioned that moment of the season obviously that wasn't your favorite moment that was a tough moment for the new york jets fans obviously leading to a loss in overtime but favorite moment of the season was there can you pick one out ah favorite moment of the season that is tough um the dolphins i always like we going into miami with just the last couple of seasons not a great deal to play for but we we tend to like um sort of stuffing the dolphins so apologies dolphins fans if there's any listening but yeah for me, that's probably the highlight. Eric Decker finally seemed to overcome the sort of hamstring, hamstring trouble that had been bothering him all year. Geno Smith actually looked very, very good in that yeah. game. Um, so, and it was the last one for Rex as well. And it just sort of embodied that sort of spirit that the team have had over the years with Rex. And that was a nice sort of send-off for Rex. So that, that's one of my favourite moments, in fairness. And uh, that there, obviously, you mentioned Geno Smith in that game. I'm a big Madden player. And uh, that there week, actually, Geno Smith was the QB of the week for the, for the Madden team, which is something that you know you wouldn't have thought. And I think that was, that was late in the season, too. But you mentioned there Rex Ryan, and he's obviously moved on now. He got sacked, and he's... Well, they said it was mutual or whatever they want to say, but he was sacked. And for a few years there, you know, he's been on the kind of hot seat but the team always plays for him there's one thing you give Rex Ryan and it's the team never quits on him even if the record isn't good they continue to play week in week out and they do lose a lot of close games from time to time as well so a lot of a lot of disappointment there for probably so I, I would say as a Jets fan did you want to see him go or did you want to see him stay um it was a really really tough one for me if I'm honest I, I've Crossroads, loved Rex, Rex yeah um Rex like you say um everyone plays hard for Rex and um you could maybe address like the situation where um, John Edzik and I wasn't the best draft and the cap situation we had money left over and there's maybe some friction going on but overall a lot a lot of love for Rex Buffalo Bills fans you are in for one hell of a treat Rex <laughs> For me, he's a fantastic coach. I love him to bits. I wish him no well. I've got, I haven't got a bad word to say about him, but um, it, it was unfortunate. His time had come in New York. I've just got nothing but praise for Rex, and I'm very grateful that he was um, the Jets' head coach. He sort of put us back on on the map, probably to the annoyance of the other 31 teams in the NFL. But for me, more fond memories than bad memories. In fairness, so I, I'm just grateful. I had the opportunity to um, endure Rex for for five six years. It was and it was it was a roller coaster of a ride. Don't get me wrong, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'll miss the big guy. I'm sort of glad that he's in the division still because we still get to deal with Rex's just randomness <laughs> of the way he is. So it's going to be good. He's good for the league. I wouldn't have been happy if he'd gone off into TV. That would have been a loss for the league in my eyes. So all the best to him in fairness. But yeah. To answer the question, it, it was time to go for Rex. Time to move on. I'm glad the Jets have done what they've done. 
they needed to clean house. And, yeah, we, we shall see um, how that um, bodes well for, for the Jets and how the Bills as well, because they had a, a decent team. I, I've become a bit of a Bills fan last year, which is... Oh. Yeah, I like that. I'm a defensive guy myself. Yeah, they're good D up there. The good young D that they've got, and he's walking into a, a really good situation there. It's pretty similar to the Jets one, so uh, we'll, we'll see how it pans out. Yeah, I think you mentioned there. I think the timing was just right for him to go, and you know, it was just it was going on year after year. But the the life nearly seemed to be dra- drained out of him. You said about you know he's such a character. Well, just look at the first press conference he did when he went to the the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> how much life was back in his body? It looked like he was just a beaten up man for a while, ready to leave. So we'll see. We'll see what road that takes him. Obviously, there's the Bills. No first round pick this year after trading up to get Sammy Watkins, but he has inherited a good defense there and. You know, there is some nice pieces, obviously, with Watkins and a couple other pieces on the offense that there's a chance there. You mentioned you're glad he stayed in the division. Well, I'm sure you're hoping that you can swing the places around. Obviously, you finished bottom off that division last year. You'll be looking to, to get above the Bills and you know stick one direction maybe at the end of the season. But I think uh, all, all things considered, it was the right time. But the man replacing him now is former Cardinals defensive coordinator Todd Bowles. We all, like, I, I, you were saying you've become a bit of a, a fan of the Bills. Well, the Cardinals are a team that, although towards the end of the season they were winning a lot obviously with the, the quarterback situation the team was dropping down but over the last two or three years uh, I've, I've started to watch them very very closely because one of the first players we actually had on our podcast was Clayus Campbell who plays for the Cardinals and he's had a, a fantastic couple of years there so I've been keeping a close eye on them we've had a few players of the Cardinals on so you kind of you have a close eye on them and I, I've been impressed with how their defense is going obviously they have players like Patrick Peterson and they have Clayus Campbell and other players like that there that are going to make it a good defense but Todd Bowles has been a, a big big contributing factor in that but stepping up now to be the head coach and uh, you know there, there's a lot of question marks there you mentioned Sheldon Richardson's a good piece to have on defense but there's a couple other pieces that are a bit shaky on that on that defensive unit how do you think that Todd Bowles is going to come in and change it around do you think it's going to be a bit like what Rex Ryan was doing or do you think they're going to switch it up a little bit um well they play the similar system don't they so um the de- defensively wise um the, the would imagine the language and stuff is going to be pretty similar it's not going to be that drastic a shake up um for me Todd Bowles like you say I think he was a um he did get awarded didn't he like an assistant coordinator of the year was that last year or the yeah. year before um he's won a Super Bowl as well started in Super Bowl 22 so he knows what to do on the field he knows the sort of grit and determination that he is seems reflected. to get that respect from the players that you know Rex obviously had the respect of that team but he, uh, all the players seemed in, in Arizona kept talking about the respect they had for him as you talk about he did, he's been there done it so obviously the players know that he knows what he's talking about yeah it's good it can only bode well for the team I, it's again it's always tough isn't it going from assistant to head coach to so many there's probably more that have failed miserably than more that have yeah. blossomed and gone on to have a fruitful career um, as a head coach uh, it's it's going to be an uphill battle like you touched on um the, the the actual D line apart, the secondary of the Jets is um, oh, it's a polite way of putting this family friendly. It's not the best. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> woeful, in fairness. So he's got his work cut out. Um, can he turn it round? Uh, yeah, I've got. I can't just be looking at writing off the 2015 season. I'm very optimistic. I, I believe he's faced adversity. That's all we heard last year with the Cardinals. How tough it was. The pieces they lost. The injuries they had how they just rose above, come together collectively as a unit. So if we can get the guys to buy in as they did with Rex and we've seen what Todd Bowles has done, it can only be a good thing going forward. 
the main criticism I would imagine again it's a defensive minded coach the majority of Jets fans have been screaming for an offensive mind but uh, for me the the best we could have got I, I like I like the appointments a lot I think it's going to be interesting. You mentioned it's always just that question marks around the the step up from a coordinator to a head coach and how you delegate that and you know how you can spread around all the responsibilities to your other coaches and so on and so forth. A lot of coaches sometimes struggle with that, but it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how he does it. You mentioned there he faced adversity last year at the Cardinals because basically the defense at the end of the season had to do everything because the offense wasn't really clicking after Carson Palmer went out and then they had other injuries at the quarterback as well. Drew Stanton went down and they were playing with Ryan Lindley, I believe, was playing for them at one stage. So they, they had a lot of issues there, but he's going to a team now that some people will say had no quarterback last season either, and that's the obviously the Jets. Uh, I just wondered about that subtle dig in there. I had that Once you mentioned the struggles, I had that there in my head the whole time. But obviously there was Michael Vick there last year and Geno Smith. Gino started the season, then Vic came in, then Gino came back, and you mentioned he played well towards the end of the season. I thought th- there, there's glimpses there from Gino Smith that he can do some things very, very well. But then, obviously, when he would come in, I think it was the week they played Miami at home in New York, and they ran the ball. I think maybe eighty-five percent of the snaps when Gino Smith started that game. And I thought, obviously, you're not giving Gino a chance to perform, but maybe they just didn't trust him at all at, at that point. But I think when you let him play the game, there is pieces of his game that need work, and that is definitely noticeable. But I think you have to give the player the opportunity to to make those you know adjustments to make those mistakes. And I think they should have played him throughout the whole season last year because when Vic came in, I didn't really see any improvement either. But obviously, you're a Jets fan; you're going to have a, a keyer opinion on it than me. But Gino or Vic, obviously, who would you want starting this season, and what did you make of the whole situation last year? Um, to be honest, I think the whole situation was sort of mismanaged. I do believe that something was going on behind the scenes. You refer to the game where the Jets ran the ball pretty much like about 80 snaps on yeah. the stem. There's something going on or was going on where Edzik was sort of wanted um, like Gino. He was Gino's guy and Rex was maybe being a bit defiant and childish and maybe just look, <laughs> don't trust Gino. He's your guy and he's not my guy. We're running... <laughs> We were very efficient doing it that. But the overall picture for me, I would have started Gino every single game. Michael Vick's been there, done it, yeah. Fantastic career, can't really knock it. Um, there's the ongoing jokes about his glass ribs and all that, and he is very injury prone. But for me, Gino, he's, what, he was a second-round pick. Let's, the big picture, second-round pick. He slid down the draft boards, obviously for a reason. He's a project. Second year in, not had the greatest uh, weapons at his disposal, but that did improve with the addition of Percy Harvey and Eric Decker and Curley. That's a nice little free um, receiving group there. And then the running game was good. The old line has been the weakness. That's been overlooked for me. That's been There's big holes in that line. So that, and as we know, if your quarterback's not getting any protection, he isn't going to be throwing the ball. Just exactly. look at what the Cowboys have done, their line, and how well they progressed throughout the season. I think we all had the Cowboys at winning three games and they went into the playoffs and yeah. were, were the catch that never was. And that, so, um, go, Pat, go. Yeah, <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for me, Gino, yeah, he had his up and down moments. I think he just, can he be coached out of in some of the like like brain farts, as I like to <laughs> He doesn't seem to get away at times from his first read. He's like, this is my guy and I'm going to him. He, he struggles to look off safeties. I'd like to see him progress and do that. His footwork can be a bit shaky at times. 
And then in other games, the Dolphins game, the end of the season, when he was, I don't know if it's, can he deal with the pressure or not, he was more relaxed, he looked absolutely fantastic. I'd be willing to give him another year, he's still under contract, he's cheap. Those in the drafts this year don't really appeal to me, in fairness. I, I wouldn't take a, a make a big splash, I'd shore up that line uh, and start thinking a year down the line. I know fans want success now doesn't happen people spoiler alert <laughs> um, but yeah I think we just need to build a solid platform give Gino another year maybe bring another free agent in there's some good free agents out there and give him a little bit more competition let Vic move on and, and see what happens see if he can be coached see if this new sta- um, staff that we've got on board gives him a new lease of life it's going to be interesting. Obviously, new new head coach. Maybe he wants to draft his own quarterback. Or we'll see what happens there. Defensive coach usually might give the the guy he has there in place an opportunity to play. And you mentioned the end of the season. You actually you mentioned Percy Arvin there, and it's an, another question I've coming up right after this one. But that Geno Smith game. You mentioned the game against uh, Minnesota, and he threw a, a deep ball to Percy Harvin for a touchdown in that game towards the end as well. Another great throw where he he showed us a He shows flashes, but as you mentioned, then sometimes. Uh, the decisions in his head <laughs> don't be the don't be the right ones. But moving on uh, to another quarterback, and there's been rumours that Josh McCowan's obviously been released by the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's somebody who's been linked with uh, a possible move to the New York Jets. A player that I don't rate very highly. I think he kind of might have caught lightning in the bottle for a couple of weeks when he was at, with the Chicago Bears. But is he somebody that you'd be thinking about taking in, or is he somebody that you have no interest in at all? Um, I'm exactly the same train of thought as yourself. Uh, for me, Josh McCown, he had those few games with the Bears, looked fantastic. I think Tampa just got all excited by the few highlight plays and stuff. And yeah, he did a good job. I can't knock him for the job he did. Do I want him on the Jets now? Nah, I'll pass. It's not It's not for me. I prefer Cutler. And I know Jets fans I hate name. But <laughs> Cutler's got a good arm on him. He's got that miserable look on his face constantly. It looks like the the guy who someone stole his toys doesn't he just mopes around doesn't have the best demeanor he's got a good good quarterback i like him in fairness again he just maybe he needs to move a change of scenery yeah that could be true too i mentioned josh mccown the quarterback that he replaced last year for the majority of the season was mike glennon and i thought you know i talked about geno smith getting replaced in the middle of the season i thought mike glennon got a really raw deal he came in as a rookie he he set a number of records as rookie and in his rookie year. I think it was eight games with a, eight consecutive games with a touchdown, which hadn't been done before by a rookie. Some people will say, "Well, that's not that big of a deal." But I think he's twenty eight touchdowns and uh, I think it's sixteen career games, or you know, in and around that, he's almost averaging two touchdowns a game. And maybe he'll get a chance this year in Tampa. But Gino was a player like that too. That although he didn't have quite the touchdown to games ratio that he had, I think Gino deserves a kind of another chance this season and I, I do think that Glennon, I, I was you know high on Glennon, I'm not saying he's the best quarterback ever to play the game but he, he definitely didn't deserve to get dropped for Josh McCown last season so we'll see what the Bucks do there and we'll be doing a Bucks recap in the next few weeks so maybe they'll have, maybe <laughs> Actually, they'll have more opinions there. Interesting that you mentioned Glennon because another guy, uh, Marty at Toontime88 on Twitter, he mentioned um, Glennon during very about four or five weeks into the season he said similar to what you, you just said there, that he was very underrated, deserved a, a chance, and sort of felt that he got a raw deal as well. Again, it's, it's patience. It's a win yeah. mentality now, Modi. It, it does seem to um, sort of... It just hampers certain players' careers, and, and we'll never get to know, which is a, which is a shame, in fairness. 
we're going to talk in a minute as well about the draft and things like that. But the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we're kind of getting onto the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but they have been a team that suggested, obviously, with the number one overall pick, they'll go for a quarterback, whether it's Winston or Mariota or what have you. But they then have the possibility that they're going to have McCown as a backup again and that they might trade him for a mid-round pick. You know, I, I think somebody will get great value there getting Josh McCown for, or uh, sorry, Mike Lennon for a mid-round pick. And I don't think the Jets are going to do that, but... Uh, when we talk about it, I think the Jets could be tempted as well to take a quarterback in this year's draft. But Phil Phelps had in a question. He was wondering about Percy Harvin. Lots of rumours going around that Harvin's going to be cut by the Jets. And, you know, obviously it was a headache in Seattle. They cut him. They started to play a lot better when he left, whether that's a result of him or not. But seemed to be a bit of a, a locker room trouble there. And, you know, then obviously his situation with injuries and that he came in. If they cut him, they give a, a lower round draft pick to the Seahawks, you know, as a you know compensation, and obviously they'll they'll be able to spill some of that there uh, cap room that he's going to take up. What do you think of Percy Harvin? His season last year is his contribution to the New York Jets, and what you would do going forward with him. Um, overall, looking back at the season, I thought he made a decent impact with him. He was used in a variety of ways at the backfield, at the slot, um, outside the numbers. Um, and he was effective in every sort of facet of the game, in fairness. Um, a kickoff as well, he had, uh, punt returns and kickoff and that. He added an extra element that we'd been lacking. Um, I like Percy Harvin and uh, all that sort of nonsense and noise that was coming out of Seattle. I do believe that was a little overblown. We tend to get carried away with what's written in the in the papers and on the internet these days. So, um, overall, would I like him back? Yes, but in theory, it's just too too um, big a price to pay. In, in fairness, the, the draft this year is loaded again at wide receiver. I'd be happy to just take a no-name out, well, not a no-name, but a, a lower-round draft pick and sort of see what happens there rather than risk $10, 11000000 million, whatever the cap it, it is with Harvin. We, we need more depth elsewhere. I know the wide-receiving group we have doesn't set the world on fire, but I, I believe we can address it through the draft and sort of like maybe add some depth in, in other areas, in fairness. We need corners. We need line, um, depth at the line as well. So um, I'd like to have him back. But I can't see it, and he was a nice welcome. He was a welcome addition, but ugh, I'm just glad I'm not a GM in a mind because the decisions are tough, aren't they? Yeah, they're very tough. But you mentioned there, you know, the utility areas. There, so he went out of the backfield, out of the slot, out wide, and then he took kickoffs and punt returns back. But you know, you're, he's almost a utility man. But the thing is, with a utility player, that he's doing so many roles, he's so injury prone that it's hard to have him doing them. You're afraid if he takes a kickoff or turn back, he's going to get hurt or you know, so on and so forth. But you could potentially take three of your picks this year and go for three wide receivers and maybe hit on one or two of them, and then you have those pieces you know going forward at you know a very very fraction of the cost that you'll be paying uh percy harvin i think it's ten and a half million he's due this year so you know that i would say that's the way to go with it and i think they will cut him but going on to free agency in the draft now you mentioned some of the areas in need they obviously have the sixth round or the, the sixth round the sixth pick in the nfl draft this year what would you target with that first pick obviously we talked about geno smith but you know if the quarterbacks fall down to the sixth overall pick either mariota or uh, Winston, would you be tempted to go for one of them with that sixth overall pick? Um, you know what, I'd be tempted to to pass on them both. Uh, there's not, um, yeah, I agree. Winston's the the pro ready one, so we say, but his off the field issues maybe uh, a bit questionable. Is he mature enough and up and bloody blah? That's been done to death. And then the opposite of that is Mariota. He's a sort of um, guy that if your daughter come home with you'd be over the moon really <laughs> laid back um still the system in oregon you're gonna have to sort of build around him 
is that for Todd Bowles mm. in his first year? I'd say no. It's not something he wants to take on for me. I, I wouldn't either. So I think if you can get away without having the, the pressure of a um, rookie quarterback um, and all the miver and stuff like that, I, I'd avoid that. I'd address the line. Let's give Gino a little bit more protection for me. Let's see what he can do. If he can get half a second, one second more, so we can make that extra progression, can he... Can we see him progressing that way with making his reads? Even if he has to check it all the way back down to his um, back out, out, out um, in the slot. Anything like that just, just needs a bit more work on that line. I, I, I'm just insistent on giving the quarterback time. That's, yeah, obviously, if the quarterback doesn't have time, we've seen it with yeah. Aaron Rodgers a few years ago when he was the most sacked quarterback in the league. Ryan Tannehill last year was the most sacked quarterback in the league. When you're getting hit time after time after time, sometimes you're even going to think you're going to get hit. You're going to maybe go down a second earlier before you even feel the contact. So yeah, there, there is it. that. You do need the time. You start seeing ghosts, don't you? And you yeah. can see then and the, the quarterbacks, they get a little happy feet, don't they? And then that's it. They're, they're off balance. They're out of sync. And for me, the glamour picks, ah, there's too many boss. I'd, I'd be a really boring GM, I tell you. I'd be playing it safe. I would. The quarterbacks, they're not, they're not a big enough splash for me. The wide receiver was um, Amari Cooper as well. Yeah, he'd be a welcome addition, but what's the point in having Amari Cooper and Eric Decker if we can't protect the quarterback? Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'd feel that would be a wasted pick as well, so... But everyone will have him probably say that I'm crazy, but I can live with that. <laughs> I, I think, uh, you know, you mentioned obviously Eric Decker on one side, and I, I think they're going to go, they got the tight end last year, I think they're going to give him a bit of time. I think Todd Bowles is going to give Gino time because he has only had two years. We've seen with Ryan Tannehill last year, even up until they played in Wembley. After that Wembley game, there was word that he was going to be, you know, dropped down, uh, you know, put back on the bench. And, you know, he had such a good turnaround as the middle of the season went on. People were talking about him as, a, you know, playing at a top five level at that particular moment in time. And you just need time. Sometimes the light bulb just comes on, click of the fingers, and the player starts to get it. So maybe we'll see how you know if he does get that extra second of time. I think so. I think maybe a wide receiver they're going to look at. And I think then, obviously, that you mentioned the line. And I think the defense, Todd Bowles is coming in, defensive coach. And he's going to really, I think, try and bolster the defense throughout the draft. So I think that's the key area that you're going to see drafted by the Jets. And, you know, a lot of Jets fans, when they, you know, they would see the draft a lot of the time, they'd be booing the defensive players <laughs> getting selected. But, you know, I, I think this year you're going to see a lot of defensive players taken. But, uh, you know, I think I think that's an area they really need to address because last year in games we were getting born deep a lot of the time, and I think that's something that you just can't afford to do if you want to. You know, they were kind of a running team, and if you're trying to run the ball take five minutes off the clock or ten minutes off the clock on every drive, you can't really afford them to be getting a play action pass that goes for ninety yards or something down the other side of the field. So that's a, that's the sort of areas. Darrell Reeves has been, you know, there's been rumors there. I think the Patriots fans really want to keep him around, but he's got a ring now. He obviously goes everywhere he, he gets the money, but maybe now he's got a ring. Is there a chance of a, a reunion in, in New York? I, I don't think he'll go back, but seems to be seems to be quite a bit of talk about it. I've got a bizarre theory on Daryl Reeves, um, and I'd love him. I'd absolutely love him to come back as a Jet. One of my favourite players within the NFL and, and in the last last few years, in fairness. He's been absolutely outstanding. I feel now that Reeves went away. Yeah, he did hold out, and that really wound Jets fans and, and players and, and coaching staff up, and I, I get that. Revis has gone away now. The Patriots winning the Super Bowl was quite possibly the best thing that could have happened. He's got his ring. I feel now he's satisfied because he could come back to the Jets, and yeah, there might be a little veil of blood between him and, him and Woody Johnson still, but he, he can walk around now and say, look, all I ever wanted was a ring. 
Yeah, you've um, got that now. You can walk around the facility. So you can be a bit of a smug idiot about it if you <laughs> wanted to. You say, yeah, I won the ring with your rival, but I'm back now. This is where I started. It's where I want to finish. I've achieved what I wanted to achieve. I didn't see it happening with the Jets. It was a mess. I'm home. Let's just draw a line under it. I'll have a contract. Maybe not what he's hoping for. And come back and I'd love to see him come back and just see out his days that's wishful thinking my end but I do believe that him winning that ring with the Patriots maybe plays into our court a little more it's it's interesting the situation with Revis because it's Jets fans that I've heard talking about it on TV on different shows and radio shows and they've all seemed to be you know there's no hard feelings towards him and I was surprised at that I thought there'd be more kind of volatility between it and uh, you know some people saying that he disrespected the organization he only wants money and so on and so forth it reminds me a bit of when brett Favre left the packers but there was a lot of animosity towards Favre for quite yeah. a number of years <laughs> up until now obviously it's been announced that he's going to come back and retire the number next season but it took years and years for that there to kind of break down and get to the stage where it is now and i was surprised at how little uh, animosity was towards Revis. so i think the jets fans are hoping for it but i i just I don't think it's going to happen because even yeah, if he gets he, less money to play, I think even for the Patriots again this year, if they wanted to restructure the, the contract down to a lower number, you might think maybe have a chance at number two here if I stay around. Yeah, that that's fair comment. I could see him staying there. Obviously, they've got the first option on him. But yeah, like you say, t- time does heal. And um, I think overall, I can be angry. I think that's sort of, it's easy to be angry straight off the bat. But overall, on the bigger picture, Reeves is a hell of a player. Uh, awesome you, player. You're looking him back. He's still the top, within the top three corners in the league, isn't he? Easily. It's not even a question, in fairness. You could argue that he's the best still, considering he's had the, the ACL surgery as well. So, uh, and he's still got a good few years left in him. How old is now? Is he? He's late 20s. He isn't must be closing on 30, anyway. So, he seems yeah. to be about forever, though. He does, yeah. He seems to be around forever. So, uh, it's watch this space with Reeves. I, I personally love him back. I've got no ill feeling to him. I'm, I was quite happy. It killed me to watch the Patriots win another Super Bowl. But um, I was happy for um, a, qual- a player of Ryusu's quality deserves a Super Bowl ring in my eyes. Yeah, and you mentioned you'd love him back. I think all 32 teams in the league would love to have him. Uh, you mentioned he's yeah. in the top three, certainly in the top three, but I'd put him and Sherman up there. And just by lo- you know how long he's done it, I would say that Revis would still be my top uh, cornerback in the, in the NFL. But we've talked now, obviously, about the Jets. We've talked through all the scenarios there. I want to give you a chance now to just plug your, your show, The Zone Coverage Football, uh, the football show, the phone-in show, if you want to give it a wee plug while you're on. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Zone Coverage Football Show. Yeah, it's something that started up, uh, when was it now? The beginning of the, of the season, 2014 season. So I've just finished my rookie season. It basically, <laughs> um, that was born out of frustration, really. The majority of um, the like, phone-in shows for all 32 teams, really, are on like at 1, 2 in the morning. And you're sort of shuffling around, ringing an overseas number, and your, your partner's saying, what are you doing whispering on the phone <laughs> during the early hours? You can yeah. get these... Um, overseas numbers on your phone bills and, and it can look a little iffy so <laughs> with this in mind <laughs> you're nearly as well to say you're ringing some other sort of number instead of someone ringing and to talk about the it. New York Jets <laughs> why are you whispering in the corner at 2 in the morning it's like I, it's all legit don't worry but yeah uh, getting back to where uh, you've totally phoned me now <laughs> back to the zone coverage football show yeah with all that sort of in mind I um, just decided to sort of like fill a void really uh, we, we go four o'clock till all five Sundays just before and the games kick off at six your chance to phone in there's no real set um, agenda come in 
just ring the show. Um, we, we are live. You can listen via the TuneIn Spreaker apps. There's also like a live chat room going on as we're on air. It's just a, a fun, friendly place. Um, I'm not the um, X and O's guy. I, I won't um, preach numbers and, and stats and stuff like that. I just like it to offer a platform where people can ju- just come along and talk football. I'm always learning as I go. I can't name every player on every roster and stuff like that. I'm not that big of a geek just yet. <laughs> But, yeah, it's just a fun, friendly place to come on over. So um, anyone ever wants to do that, then the website's the best place for the links and that, zonecoveragefootballshow.com. Again, the, the Twitter handle is at zonecoveragefs, so FS for Football Show. Do check that out. Give them a follow. Smart teach. It's been a lot of fun talking to the Jets. I can safely say it's the longest I've ever spent talking about the New York Jets. <laughs> You'd be scored for life now. <laughs> but, uh, no, a lot of fun. Hopefully all the Jets fans that listen, even if you're not a Jets fan, hopefully you come away, learn a little bit more about the New York Jets, and uh, hopefully it's not too negative. It was a tough season for the Jets, but, you know, new head coach now, and hopefully draft and free agency, you'll be... This is the time of the season everyone's 0-0, zero and, zero and I'm talking to a couple of people in the next few days for these shows. We're talking about the Washington Redskins, the Oakland Raiders, so... You know, there's a lot of teams there that this is the best time of the season for them looking forward, trying to project how the team can improve. And there's no doubt about it, there'll be some one of these teams that have had a tough season that next year might find themselves in the playoffs. We look at the Cleveland Browns, how good of a season they had, although they didn't make the playoffs. These things can turn around very quickly. So we'll see what happens with the Jets next season. And Mark, will probably have you on at some stage again to talk a little bit more about the New York Jets. So thanks for coming on. Uh, hopefully the ACL uh, heals up nice and quickly. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. Really enjoyed myself and um, all the best uh, to your Packers as well. Hey, this is Scott Fujita, former NFL linebacker and Super Bowl champion, and you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. So thanks once again for Mark for coming on the show. Good talking to him, talking about the New York Jets and all the things going on with their organization. Obviously, new head coach, as we mentioned. You know, a lot of a lot of needs there in the draft and free agency. We'll see what happens there. Will or will not Geno Smith be the future? Only only the future will will deliver us that answer. Not a whole wild pile going on around the NFL. Um, Rich Incognito obviously signed a contract with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Rex Ryan talked about wanting to turn that team into a bully. Well, he's got a got a bully now uh, in a different sense. And of course, the whole situation last year with him down in, in Miami, uh, almost a season and a half ago now, but. He, he has come out and said that that was only you know on the field that he wants that and everyone knew that but you know the, the media wanted to have a bit of a, a dig at him for saying those comments and then signing them but you know incognito the, the team needs depth at that position and definitely rich incognito is going to provide that but quite a bit of time since he played in the league i mentioned a year and a half nearly and uh, we'll see we'll see how he goes in buffalo since we've done the packers recap last week uh, mike mccarthy has kind of handed over some of the play calling duties or all of the play calling duties on the offensive side of the ball he's handing them over to tom clements he has been the team's offensive coordinator since 2013 he was a quarterbacks coach from 2006 to 2012 so he's a good relationship there with Aaron Rodgers. he's gonna be calling the plays and you know he was asked to after it to to say you know why he's doing this and what and there's been a lot of talk about mccarthy saying that his coaching staff haven't got many offers for interviews and other other teams and you know people were saying that that there's the reason behind it i don't think that is the reason and mccarthy has said now that the reason is that he wants to you know step back and try and be more involved maybe the special team side of it defensively and just get as a whole team try and delegate more responsibility to other people and then be able to to manage the game a little bit better because there was a lot of question of his play calling in that nfc championship game but you know it's in the past now obviously this year change may have stemmed from that and change that special teams coordinator as well so lots of stuff going on there and the the change into the some of the positions up there but I, i don't think it'll change what happens on the field all that much from the green bay packers 
Josh McCown was cut by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, you know, I was a bit surprised he was cut, but I, I have said all along that I, I, I would be sticking with Mike Lennon last year. I would have played him throughout the last season. I have liked what I've seen from Mike Lennon. You know, he'd done all right in his rookie season, and then he sat on the bench for the majority of last year. I wasn't a big fan of what Josh McCown did. You know, I think he caught lightning in the bottle for a couple of weeks in Chicago. He got offered a, a big deal, and, you know, he didn't play too well last season. We've seen that before from quarterbacks. You get a couple of games from them, but usually they don't get rewarded with quite a, you know, going straight into free agency and getting a nice contract. But he's been cut by the Bucks, so we'll see where he lands. He's not a player that, you know, if I, even the teams that are stuck at quarterback, I wouldn't really be running out and trying to get him. I think he's a backup at best in the NFL. But we'll see. Some team will probably take a chance on him as we get closer to the, to the season or probably even before that in OTA. So we'll see what happens. And that side, there's obviously rumours as well that Marshawn Lynch is possibly thinking about not coming back to play next season but uh, you know like Pitt and Manning I think they'll both be back I think Marshawn Lynch will have a probably a renegotiation with the Seattle Seahawks and we'll see him back next season Pitt and Manning's down he's starting to get back in he has his rehab kind of done he's trying to see now how his body responds to it he's getting trying to get in some reps and that to see how his body feels and you know I, I think he's preparing to come back next season it looks like he's definitely going to be back with the Denver Broncos but you know is it is it just the case that he had an injury last year in his body will recover or is it that his uh you know his body's starting to break down just that he's been playing for so long such a long time in the nfl so we'll see what happens hopefully we'll see him back playing uh, to a high level next season for the denver broncos not a not a lot of other news going around the nfl outside of that and just a funny piece some people mightn't have seen it was malcolm butler on uh, nfl network <laughs> went out onto the streets and uh, they had a camera with him and he just wearing an NFL Network top, and he was asking people, do they know who Malcolm Butler is? They, a lot of them knew that he, he caught the game one an interception in the Super Bowl, but not many of them knew that they were actually being asked the question by the man himself, Malcolm Butler. So if you haven't seen it, go and check that out. I thought it was uh, quite quite funny on NFL.com there. And, uh, you know, talking to NFL.com, NFL Films, I'm a big fan of what NFL Films do. Fantastic show and fantastic part of the NFL. It's really helped promote the NFL to, to make it what it is today, to the level it is when he... Or sorry, Ed Sable obviously is the reason I'm talking about this. He passed away at the start of the week, and uh, he is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He, you know, he's such a. Without him, I don't know if the NFL is as successful as it is today. We talk about fantasy football, how popular it is. Well, fantasy football is only popular because NFL is popular, and what he done when he started up his own recording company, took his passion for recording in the sixties taking it into what it is now it's absolutely phenomenal what you hear you know sound fx i talked about it after the super bowl the the stuff you could hear on the field that's all down to what he he was a revolutionary at the time and uh, took all that into the game but there's a nfl have actually put up again uh, ed sable's football life on the nfl network so anyone with game pass that do check that out very very worth checking out and uh, i watched as well this week joe namus one so you know i I let a little backlog of new content on uh, the the game pass build up there over the last few weeks because I knew this gap was coming where there wasn't going to be a lot of new content coming out from the NFL. So uh, watching that over the last few days, Joe Namath was a two-parter and uh, definitely worth watching. Good. Actually mentioning it now when we're on talking about the Jets in today's show. Any Jets fans still listening, uh, definitely check out that one with Joe Namath. A very, very good story from where he came from to kind of where he is now and his whole life story in general. So uh, the other last piece of news is that Brett Favre um, on his website announced that he's going to come back and uh, retire the, his jersey number next year, enter the Packers ring of honour, and uh, that's something that's been coming for the last few years. So it is uh, it is news, but it's news that everyone was kind of expecting. It was rumoured that it would happen last year. So I think now a lot of wounds have healed since his time uh, when he left the Packers, then played for the Jets and the Vikings. So we'll uh, we'll look forward to that as Packers fans to get to get Brett back into Lambeau Field and into the the ring of honour. 
Out of that, not a lot happening. I'm uh, just heading down to the gym now, wearing a bit of wearing my Packers t-shirt and <laughs> looking forward to getting a good workout in. So I'll leave you to uh, have have a good day for the rest of your day. Hopefully you'll uh, have enjoyed the show and uh, we're going to be putting out these podcasts every two or three days with the recap series that's going on. We've already recorded the uh, Oakland Raiders, Washington Redskins, New Orleans Saints and Chicago Bears. So they're going to be coming up and we're going to have ones coming on like the Seattle Seahawks and New England Patriots and all. So we're going to have these going on now for the next two or three weeks coming out every three or four days in between. So hopefully you'll all enjoy them. Keep spreading the word of the Overtime Ireland podcast as always. Rate, subscribe and comment on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you listen to us on. Download multiple devices. See you on and so forth. Uh, head up the at Overtime Ireland Twitter handle and uh, as always, until next time, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production. 